0: Fitness is your ability to cope with and recover from stress. And stress is an inevitable factor in your life and in the lives of the people in your organisation. A fit, healthy team is an energised, effective team. But it is not enough to just tell your people what to do, you need to show them. If you want your people to have a better quality of life and a more rewarding career, then it is vital that you lead from the front. Your choices, your behaviours are in the spotlight. My name's Jay Unwin, it's time to get fit to lead. Welcome back to Fit to Lead with me Jay Unwin. Today my guest is youth worker, student of education and inclusion and former yoga teacher Lucy Ashton and we chat about social barriers to well-being, the state of the fitness industry and sport and why well-being at work runs much deeper than just doing a seminar once a year. Don't forget that on the first Wednesday of every month at 11am UK time, I run a free webinar called Level Up Your People. If you're interested in coming along, then you can head to fitbodyfitmind.online forward slash level up and get yourself registered. Hi Lucy, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, thanks Jay. How are you?
0: I am very good. uh, I'm, I'm a bit... Um, I'm a bit confused about where we are in terms of the year, the day of the week and all kinds of stuff at the moment. And when the kids go back to school, I'm sure we'll be in a bit more of a routine. But at the moment, I'd say confused is probably the best word to describe how I am.
1: 18 months into a a global pandemic and with a bank holiday off the back of it just now. Yeah. (laughs) Doesn't help, does it? I've spent all week wondering what day it is.
0: I've got a feeling that the bank, I I thought after this kind of last year and a half that the odd bank holiday here and there would throw me off less than it actually has ended up doing this week. But no, it's still a thing. (laughs) Um, Lucy, I'm going to start with the same question that I start with everyone. And that is a nice open-ended question to get things going. What does fitness mean to you?
1: see I think that's quite a complicated question it's a very complicated question Lucy. if you've been in the fitness world wellness world whatever you come to call it uh for me I think fitness is about me feeling well in myself so that's about um not what size I am or how much I don't you know, how much I weigh, but about whether I feel comfortable in my own skin, whether I feel comfortable in my clothes, whether I can do the stuff that I want to do without it exhausting me. So fitness for me isn't just about having like a really strict exercise regime. It's about everything from, you know, am I getting enough rest to am I taking time out to do things that are just fun or relaxing or just downtime. I don't think it's one thing. I think it's... High time we all kind of step back and kind of do that zoom out, so we're getting a really big bird's eye view of what life looks like and seeing actually all the different bits that fit together to help us feel fit and healthy.
0: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think that the, there is um, maybe this kind of uh, lasting impression that fitness maybe. I, I I always have a feeling that this came from the kind of. Um, aerobics and bodybuilding worlds which Uh are like two kind of different but same kind of era it's this kind of 1980s kind of thing you've got the aerobics type stuff and then you've got the bodybuilding type stuff and and uh, and and it's almost like the fitness industry that we've got now despite it having grown a lot since then and have become a lot more um all-encompassing perhaps um still with a way to go as we're going to discuss but it's it certainly includes more things than it used to but it still has that feel doesn't it It still has that feel of kind of gyms and lycra
1: yeah I think I think you've probably hit the nail on the head for me there's that very 80s kind of attitude of no pain no gain yeah and there's that real idea that fitness means that you you know you need to be able to run 5k a day or preferably 10 now seems to be the goal for a lot of people. Um, You should be able to bench press this much weight. You should be able to do this many high kicks in an aerobics class. You know, you should look good in a muscle vest or a light Or, And we do, I think, have a real hangover from that period of time. Maybe because, uh, you know, I'm a little bit older than you, but when I sort of talk about our generation, (laughs) (laughs) maybe you're in the same one. You probably are. But I think there's that kind of... um, We grew up with it. It was everywhere. You know, we had Jane Fonda videos, which I love, by the way. And if you haven't done it recently, give the Jane Fonda workout the original a go. It's (laughs) tough. It's really good fun because you get really bad cheesy 80s music and great light crew leotards, but it's hard work. That would make a Um, really
0: great piece of content for me as well. I'm sure people want to see me in a leotard uh, doing uh, doing a Jane Fonda video.
1: In the 80s guys outfit with their sweatbands around their bad mullets and their sweatbands on their wrists and their... Tiny shorts and their lovely leg warmers. Right. I'm going to have it's to get down the charity video. shop. Um, it's a really tough workout. But we do, I think, still have those kind of things in our head. You know, there was like um, the Green Goddess. I can't remember her name, Lizzie somebody. She used to be on like every morning, early morning TV, you could do your workout with her. And then even in the 90s, like we had Mr. Motivator. Oh, yeah. And there was always this really kind of high-energy attitude. Yeah. Um, and I think that's carried on so although the sort of fitness options we have available have really diversified and actually quite a lot of places and especially gyms I have noticed their approach has become more holistic it's not all about the weightlifting. it's not all about the running they do encourage you to do a variety of activities that kind of do everything from cardiovascular work to kind of strength building and some of that is body weight strength building not you know free weights or weight machines there is a much better awareness of bodies move better and feel better when they do more things yeah not just one repetitively um but i do think we still have this attitude that there has to be some kind of it's almost like there's a payment for feeling better and that that's feeling dreadful either during the activity or immediately afterwards um and I think we kind of need to move away from the idea that fitness should be something that feels like a punishment.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that that's a it's a really interesting one because it's, and I think this is perhaps more pervasive than just a fitness industry thing. Uh, you touched on like this kind of punishment or this kind of um, earning the results through uh, through struggle and challenge and adversity. Now, I'll, I'll I'll just drop in here. I'm absolutely all for struggle adversity challenge i think that I, I i don't think that it's necessarily something it's definitely not something that we can avoid outright in life we're yeah. going to get adversity i also don't think it's something that we should avoid necessarily because it's quite formative in itself and we grow and progress through challenges and struggles and stuff like that i think it's the degree to which we are struggling and the degree to which we believe we should be struggling and i think yeah. that there's uh, this this idea that we're not worthy and again, this isn't a fitness industry thing. this is almost like an entire societal thing where you almost feel like you don't deserve something you don't deserve the result and so um, you you have to almost trade off with it by putting yourself through something else like a to- like you're atoning for something.
1: Yeah I I know what you mean and I think you, I think you're right. We shouldn't be afraid of the the potential for something to feel challenging yeah. I shy away from words like struggle Okay. um, only because and and, and adversity because for me, with with my current background, those things often beyond our control and the struggles and the adversity that some groups of people face when it comes to fitness and wellness are barriers that are put in place by outside factors yeah Rather so I than the choice, have to be, yeah so I think we have to be I think the language that we use is really powerful sure. so I think if we're saying this is going to feel like really hard work so for example when I was teaching yoga uh you know we, we I mentioned that kind of 80s attitude of no pain no gain and I, I'd have people saying oh you know I really enjoyed that stretch it really hurt and I'm like well actually it shouldn't be painful Yeah, And what you need, for me, one of the most important things you can learn in terms of keeping your body well whilst you're working on keeping your body fit is to understand the difference between like intensity and um, effort and pain. And where it slips over for me into pain is the point at which you should be stopping or pulling back a little bit. Yeah. Because... Pain isn't a necessary part of of fitness and wellness for me. You can experience discomfort. I mean, you know, we all know that feeling. DOMS isn't it delayed onset muscle soreness where you think oh I'm actually fitter than I thought I was because I'm in no pain whatsoever this morning and then it gets to four o'clock that afternoon and you walk up or down some stairs and all of a sudden you feel like your thighs are gonna crack open you know and you suddenly realize oh I did do that work and now my body can feel it and there's something quite satisfying in that isn't there that kind of oh my body did work really hard and now i'm feeling it but it's not pain it's just your body going wow that was tough yeah and there's a huge difference for me in that feeling of intensity whilst you're doing the work and the feeling of kind of bodily tiredness and a bit of fatigue and things later on um, and actually experiencing pain during the act or then experiencing pain because you've caused an injury you know two or three days down the line um and yeah let's face it nobody wants an injury that means they're knocked out of what they've just started with for six months or a year yeah
0: absolutely I've, I've been there before where i've injured my back in the gym and um i was out for about i think i was out for about eight weeks um yeah. which was frustrating um at the time because yeah. i was in a program that was quite uh, at the time was quite a rigid program that i followed and yeah. so eight weeks out was really frustrating for me um yeah. But that frustration led to a further injury because the day I felt better, I went back yeah. and I re-injured yeah. myself in exactly the same place. Yeah. Um, and so I'm completely with you on this kind of no pain, no gain is a very old fashioned, outdated and just plain wrong in in yeah. terms of the way it's used. Yeah, I, I guess something which I think a lot of people struggle with is being able to tell the difference between discomfort and pain you know someone who's someone who's not done a lot of movement for example yeah where is that line and I guess it's not really a line is it it's a it's a sliding scale
1: it is a sliding scale and it and it is a difficult thing to define really accurately because it changes from one person to the next depending on what they're already capable of and what they already enjoy um it also can you know the same person might find that their intensity pain threshold shifts depending on how stressful work's been or whether they've recently had a holiday whether they've been out drinking the night before whether they've had a cold recently you know this and or it might just be one bad night's sleep because your kids have had you up three times you know it There can be so many factors that shift where that work sits comfortably in the body and where it becomes potentially a threat to, to, you know, that might cause injury, for example. So, again, if I I look back at the way that I would try and guide people through a yoga practice and distinguishing the difference, for me, that's where yoga's awareness of the breath comes in really powerfully. Because for me, if it's intense, you can still breathe. So your breathing might change. You might notice that your breathing feels um, potentially, especially, I guess, if you're starting to build your fitness and you're looking at building up some stamina, you might start to notice that your breathing feels a bit more laboured. You probably start, if you're working quite hard, you'll probably start to notice that you feel more of your breath movement around your shoulder blades um, and your collarbones So it's higher up in the chest because that's the kind of exertion zone of of the breath. If you can still breathe without struggle, and it's a smooth breath in and a smooth breath out, even if it's quite intense breathing at that point, it's probably safe. When people are hitting, for me, when people are hitting that threshold where you might be tipping over into causing yourself pain and potentially then causing injury – is the point at which most people kind of go (gasps) Yeah. (laughs) (sighs) and when they breathe in there's kind of a a kind of a cut point and it's like everything hits a brick wall and stops and the same when they breathe out that there's almost a pop before the breath is released because they're they're kind of catching their breath and the, the breath doesn't want to go with it so the body kind of has become so rigid and so tense at that point that the breath isn't coming in and out of the body in any way that's yeah, really interesting. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's it's really interesting and it's it's something that's quite useful, I think, uh, because it I I think that's something which a lot of people struggle with at least in my experience of, you know, coaching people in in workout programs as a personal trainer and a group instructor and so on. Um that's actually a really interesting insight from yoga and from that kind of the breath element of yoga. Um to make it a lot more clear to uh, to an individual where they're kind of sitting at that particular point. And I think, I mean, again but Feel free, as I'm sure you do anyway, to disagree with me with anything I say in, in I this never conversation. Problem disagree? No, I know you, you don't. Know, that's you, one know, of- <laughs> you know my brothers, right? So
1: you know that that's not an issue that I no, have. <laughs> absolutely,
0: and that's one of the reasons that I was so excited about having you on for a conversation is because I know that you won't pull any punches, um, and that's that's important for me because this is a learning journey for me. We're going to get onto some other topics in a moment, and 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 this whole thing is a is a learning experience. You can't learn unless you're challenged, unless you have your views challenged. Um, but with with this. I think I would say erring on the side of caution is probably uh, your best bet in that if you're not sure whether you're tipping over into that pain area, if you're not sure, then assume that you are and then just pull it back a little bit. And then you can always reflect on it later on. You can always kind of think back and go, was that all right? Do I, you know, wh- where was I sitting with in, in terms of the kind of um, yeah. difficulty level? And also yeah. you'll be able to know within the next day or two, you will know for a fact whether you've hurt yourself yeah. or not. Yeah. And then you can always go, oh, I didn't hurt myself. And so that feeling I had then, that was okay?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the things I know as well. So I, I taught various, I, I taught yoga, you know, pretty much full time for a good seven years. And I taught part time prior to that for about another seven. And I taught different types of classes. So some of them were very much kind of what people think of as your average yoga class. Some of them were um, very relaxing. Some of them were a bit more powerful. So more like the Ashtanga tradition. Um, And that can be quite intense and quite difficult. And you're right that sometimes it can be that thing of you kind of need to start learning about yourself as well. Am I the kind of person who will always push myself to the absolute limit? And I never give myself a break. I'm always, it's never good enough, it's never enough effort, I've got to do more. Or are you the kind of person who goes, oh, I don't really want to do anything that's not really familiar and safe feeling. And if you know, I mean, there's a million shades of gray between that, right? Sure. But if you know kind of where you sit on that spectrum, And if you know that you veer very much towards one end or the other, that's also a good starting point for me is maybe I can give this a little bit more if you know that you're the kind of person who plays it super safe all the time. If you know that you're the kind of really, you know, it might not be an intentional thing, but we pick up all kinds of habits and, and patterns, right? So if you're the person who's always punishing yourself, it's never good enough, I must do more. Maybe just hold back. But also for me, I did a lot of work around, um, so pregnancy and birth. And so the kind of postpartum and prepartum sessions, I would often say, you know, just if today feels like you've got everything firing on all cylinders, just maybe still don't give it 100%. Maybe give it 80% because then you'll still have something in reserve when you get home. I know that i also said that to more general classes where people but because so many people have really tough situations going on at home with with kids with jobs you know we don't know the stresses and strains that people face when they walk out the door if they've got stuff going on even if they feel like a million dollars when they walk in and a million dollars when they walk out if they've given every single ounce of what they've got left in themselves before they leave that door that's not a brilliant thing for me hmm. that's not a positive thing that's not like yeah you gave it your all it's like okay you did give me your what are you taking away with you yeah because there needs to be something in the tank right it's, yeah it's absolutely you can't keep running down to empty all the time so I think the other thing for me is maybe don't you know I, I'm not keen on the kind of give it hundred percent or I really don't like the give it 110 percent because like physically impossible (laughs) you don't understand statistics you you don't understand (laughs) maths I mean don't get me wrong I'm not a good mathematician but even I know you can't give 110% (laughs) Uh, so anyway that's a whole other argument but I do think that maybe encouraging to people people to think about what their energy levels are what they know they've got coming up yeah do you need to just hold back and make sure that actually, never mind whether, you know, putting aside pain and injury, there are other injustices that we can do to our bodies and to ourselves, and that's giving too much and and then struggling the other side of, of whatever we're doing to try and feel fit, to try and feel well. And then actually we struggle with that because we're too tired the next day. And also I think if you're just getting started with fitness, if you give too much too soon, that constant feeling of like, Oh God, such a struggle, so much hard work and then feeling yeah. absolutely dead on your ass for three days afterwards puts you off wanting to go back.
0: Yeah, it does. It does. You know? And it's 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 something which, you know, there's enough barriers already, especially yeah. within certain populations and stuff, that there's enough barriers already without making it something that you actually hate doing. Yeah, right. Uh, and and it's it's like <laughs> If you're doing this because, you know, I'm a big, I I push a message of fitness for quality of life rather than fitness for the sake of fitness. The whole point of being fitter and my whole philosophy around fitness revolves around stress management and being able to deal with the stresses in your life, both physically and mentally. And um, and so if the process of getting to a point where, um, you know, you've got a better quality of life is giving you a worse quality of life then yeah. something has been missed something vital yeah. has it's gone really wrong kilter, somewhere right? along the line
1: yeah, yeah absolutely the whole process the whole process right from the minute you get started really ought to feel like it's doing something that improves your daily life yeah so if you know when people talk about you know i said there's that kind of everybody needs to be able to run 5k or everybody needs to be able to do 10 and there's always this well maybe you don't maybe you just need to be able to walk around the block at lunchtime yeah you know and 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 if you don't walk at all five minutes a day to begin with might feel like a massive change yeah and and you know when we when how much time can you put aside how much, time is such a precious commodity these days you know it's become something that we feel we have to justify constantly that my yep. time is well spent well you know it, it can be really difficult to find time and i've got an, i've got
0: another one for you here just yeah, to, on, just to on. just to go in with the uh, with another percentage for you because yeah, yeah. i know you love maths and it's, it's <laughs> It just it is going from the hundred and ten percent thing into this conversation about time just, just yeah, yeah. conjured up an image in my head of um something which I have been in the past guilty of sharing um as well and having this attitude of um you know I've probably said the hundred and ten percent thing as well, so you know, <laughs> sue me. But the um but th- this thing about one hour of your day, right? Yeah. is four percent yeah, yeah. of your day and it's like if uh, you can yeah. <laughs> if you can't yeah. dedicate just 4% yeah. of your day to a workout yeah. then you don't care enough
1: there's there's also this like there's there's various versions of it that float around and they usually reference really big You know, globally renowned superstars of the music or film world, and it's like if this person can find time, so can you. (laughs) It's like we've all "Uh, got twenty-four hours. Except, yeah, and that's the exact phrase that they use. They've got the same twenty-four hours you do. Yeah, but they're not doing their own laundry. Yeah. Uh, they're probably not even doing their own hair and makeup. It's literally
0: their job to look a certain way as well. It's it like... is.
1: And people literally get paid to make them look that good yeah, yeah. and pick them up and drive them places and pick them up and drive them to the gym where you know they are coached through every second of their workout now i'm not saying they enjoy that i'm sure that comes with its own issues Absolutely, of course. and we know that it impacts people's mental well-being yeah. so i'm not saying that that's an enviable lifestyle but if you're telling me that that person who's making millions touring the world and doing stadiums has the same 24 hours i do yeah if you're talking minutes but in terms of responsibilities yeah. it's totally different. Absolutely. It's a completely different ball game. And and we have to be aware of that mental load of people's home lives and jobs and what's going on in the world around them. Yeah, and, and their priorities as well. Yeah. Because and sometimes four the... percent of your time. Is four percent of your time when you could be napping?
0: Yeah, exactly. That is. That's exactly it. And it's like the the priorities and around well being and self care and stuff like that. It's like sometimes an extra hour of sleep is far more beneficial to you overall health wise than yeah. an hour in the gym. And I there was I keep seeing stuff. Um, uh, I, I, I guess this is. The, the, the idea of early rising, you know, getting up early, 5am club, all this kind of stuff, it's rife in... Am kind I allowed
1: of- to swear on this podcast?
0: You're uh, No, you're <laughs> fucking not.
1: <laughs> because the ones who are like, yeah, you've got a gap at 4 or 5am, fuck off. Yeah. No way am I getting out of my duvet before 6am unless I absolutely have to yeah. and frankly that's usually because I can go on holiday somewhere hot and sunny
0: yeah and it's just a cheaper flight that you got and yeah. it's not it's not a particularly good time rarely
1: of day because I go oh I'll be really productive if I get up at 4 a.m I won't. I'll just be knackered all day.
0: Exactly, and then you you have to go to bed earlier in order to maintain your well being. Anyway, it's not like you're gaining an extra couple of hours. No. It's it's no. you're taking hours off the last day and putting them on the yeah. beginning of the the other day. And and so it's there's so many pieces to this puzzle, and the it's it's an interesting one because and I've said this before in other episodes, and th- that's it's somehow fitness is a lot more simple and yet a lot more complicated than most people think at the same time i think that there's a lot more to it than most people think most people go exercise and then the next thing they go is nutrition and the next thing they go is sleep and that's usually where it stops You know, even if they get to those three, that's where it stops. But they don't think about relationships and kind of the way you're connected to your environment and the way you're connected to people around you, the way you're connected to yourself. They don't think about mental stimulation. They don't think about rest that's not sleep, like the kind of downtime and relaxation and all of this stuff. So it's more complicated in that way, but it's more simple in the other way that each of those things doesn't need a whole lot of work. In order to get 80% of the benefits, you only have to do like 20% of the effort. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's yeah, simultaneously a lot more simple and a lot more complicated. Yeah. But I mean, touching back on the kind of celebrities and the people at the top of their game and uh, these people who are flying from place to place and they've got a hectic lifestyle and yeah. they still find time to go to the gym kind of attitude. Yeah. yeah. How many of those people have an aspirational life other than financially? You know, like, so there's yeah. a lot of people in those particular industries whether it's the music industry whether it's um the movies whether it is maybe an entrepreneurship side of things as well like you know when people are, are lauded as kind of successful business people and i know there's people yeah. who listen to this who are this is a this is a podcast the podcast is called fit to lead it is about leadership yeah but people who are in the kind of traditional uh, yeah. things of leadership um they burn out they burn yeah. out, They their relationships break down, they yeah. are miserable and unhappy, um, yeah. and yet we are still being told that we should be emulating them because they're, yeah. you know, representing the work ethic of a yeah. real kind of hardworking, admirable yeah. person, and it's all about the effort that you put in. Whereas yeah. in reality, it's like, well, why, why do you want to put yourself through the same stuff they're going through?
1: Sure. I think... A th- think there's an entire conversation in that that you probably don't want us to veer off into particularly right now <laughs> but um, I we'll think we'll that for I the follow up yeah we'll, we'll do a follow up <laughs> on that um, but I do think that a lot of that stems to this you, you kind of hit on it there's that, that work ethic and that is a very culturally ingrained thing it's a very um, let's say neoliberal idea but um, and it, it kind of feeds into the myth that meritocracy is a reality. Yeah. That people are being given what they work for. Yeah. Um, which justifies all kind of things, including zero hour contracts and rubbish pay, right? If you then kind of Look at how that feeds into fitness and wellness. Again, it comes down to this idea that you know if you're not fit and healthy, it's because you haven't worked hard enough. Yeah, and yeah. that kind of work ethic thing I think is really problematic because it then gets thrown at people who are um, you know dealing with mental ill health. It gets thrown at people who are neurodivergent. It gets thrown at people who, through various characteristics face fairly significant barriers that prevent them from accessing fitness and wellness and and not the least of those is is being able to afford both financially but very much on a time basis to, to invest in their own fitness to actually make the effort and the time because you know if you're working. Two jobs and you're a single parent. Where does where do you know? Let's go back to that kind of four percent. Where does that come from? Yeah, it's still an hour. It's still an hour. And and what else have you got? You know, you're a single parent working two jobs. You've got to get to the job, back from the job. In both of those scenarios, you've got to get the kids to school or to childcare. You've got to do the washing, the cooking, the cleaning pay the bills, entertain the kids probably at some point is something that you're conscious of trying to do. You know, where in, where in that scenario is that person getting any opportunity to, to invest time or money in their own fitness and well-being? So we really, there are, there are lots of barriers out there, but we really have to be aware that it is actually a, a little bit of a luxury to be able to consider how to improve our physical fitness. Especially in the way... Wellbeing.
0: Especially in the way that it's marketed as well, especially in this kind of this big um, kind of (laughs) massive action kind of way that it is marketed with gym memberships and diets and CrossFit and six packs and bodybuilding and superhero movies. And, you know, the list goes on and on and on and on. Now, we have been conditioned to think of health and well-being as something because we constantly see we we make associations between things we see together a lot right that's just how human psychology works we see this thing next to this thing a lot of the time and then we'll think that those two things are related so if you see a magazine called men's health in big red letters and the picture on the front next to the word health is a a cover model with his six-pack out and his guns and his muscles and stuff you start associating the word health with that front cover yeah. and and so that i mean we, we we because it's been marketed to us in such a way like that it becomes so inaccessible for people who just look at that and feel alienated
1: yeah and and i think that's that's a lot of it isn't it we are bombarded by those messages and those images and you know fitness like actual fitness and unless it was kind of part of your job to to be above average fitness so maybe if you were like in the armed forces for example yeah. yeah we we didn't have fitness regimes people didn't go to the gym yeah or to aerobics classes or you know like all of this stuff is in its infancy it's really new yeah it is in terms of like human existence our actual fitness levels you know, fitness is the ability to live your life comfortably is, is, is the neatest way I can put it, right? And yes, that, that's not just physically, that's mentally as yeah. well. And, and like you say, it's about community and connection as well. And that's vital. And that's something else that we've massively lost for a variety of reasons, even before the pandemic kind of isolated us even more. But, you know, your, your level of fitness only needs to be what allowed you to carry out your daily life with the minimum of aches and pains now again that's not to suggest that it was all fine and dandy if you worked down a pit or you were a scullery maid at age 12 because you know it's really you know that's important that we don't look at the people who again through being in positions of, of lower pay and poorer conditions were undoubtedly not experiencing great physical or mental wellness but you know We've become obsessed with it being something more than just being able to lead a fulfilling, physically comfortable life. It's, it's changed rapidly over a very short period of time. And I think that may be why we're still struggling with it because we haven't integrated it into into being part of life it's now an extra yeah you need to find a way to plug in
0: it's a bolt on and this is something that i was kind of again it's something that i was having a conversation about recently it's uh, my approach is to is to re um reframe fitness and well-being as a thread which you weave through your existing commitments rather than as something that you bolt on to the end yeah because if it's about for me like i said it's about managing managing the inevitable stresses of life like you said it's about being able to just live a live a good life a life that you enjoy um, and managing all the shit that life throws at you on the way then surely adding something else adding another plate to spin is adding stress not removing it and something as well before i forget because i forget things a lot um (laughs) you said about um you know you mentioned about the kind of Zero hours contract and yeah. rubbish pay and all of this kind of th- things which are justified by this kind of meritocracy idea, um, which, again, could be a, an entire conversation. I think that, <laughs> you know, I think that in the business world... A lot of people love this idea of self-made, um, and they like to kind of maybe yeah. take out all the other factors that are involved in that. Uh-huh. But anyway, anyway, I don't want to. I don't want uh-huh. to go down uh-huh. the tree because That's we'll definitely be
1: definitely a different podcast. hours,
0: hours and hours and hours. <laughs> um, but but that plays into your health and well-being because if we're looking yeah. at stresses and things like that. Now, yeah. uh, anyone who's listening to this, who's in a position where you are. L- kind of leading a team of people you're responsible for a team of people in any kind of organization whether it's a business whether it's a charity whether it's anything you've got this well as a parent you're kind of leading a group of parent people as well but anytime when you've got that responsibility you've got a duty of care and if you're paying those people poorly or you they don't know from week to week how many hours they've got yeah how can you possibly expect them to be at their best? Even if we're talking yeah. about it from a productivity point of view, yeah. which is a bit, mm, uh, you know, if you're only thinking of it that terms, it, yeah, it's, but, it is a bit. It's a bit like a commodification of human beings. But
1: it is, a, a, yeah. But there are people who who do think that way. Yeah, of course there are. And 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 you're right. Productivity is not going to be at its best if people are. Constantly in a state of an- of anticipation ang- uh, uh, anxiety because yeah. they don't know what the next seven days is going to bring in terms of you know if, if you're on a minimum wage and a zero hour contract if you get all your hours that week may- great maybe then you can pay your rent and your bills and feed yourself and maybe you can go out for an hour yeah or two with friends and socialise but if you suddenly only get half your hours or even less than that
0: yeah. Then you're playing catch-up.
1: Then, okay, what goes first? The social contacts. Then what goes? How much food you can afford. Then, okay, maybe I'm literally getting to the end of the week and I can't top up my electricity. And then before you know it, you're in rent arrears. You, are, you People are living really precarious lives. So it's a big thing to bear in mind that when you want to encourage fitness and wellness in your employees, that is literally not about encouraging them to take up a discounted gym membership or come along to a lunchtime yoga class in the social room it's like those things are scraping the surface and if anything they're not even a band-aid you know if anything they're more like giving somebody a splinter that they need to pick at you know what I mean because it's it's like one more thing that you should be doing yeah
0: and it makes people feel guilty because they're not doing it it makes them feel
1: guilty I'm not doing it I don't enjoy it or I do enjoy it but I can't afford to keep it up
0: yeah. And I think that that is, that's an interesting one there that you touched on in terms of not being able to afford to keep it up. And again, this is obviously not just from a financial perspective, but from a, yeah. a, a time perspective as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, But also it seems um, that a lot of companies in my experience are bringing in, this is something that I've talked to companies about, in fact, is they're bringing in stuff which has a novelty value because yeah. they think, oh, that sounds good. That'll yeah. That's kind of a, it's a bit quirky and it's yeah. like, it breaks the ice. Great. Ice breaking kind yeah. of thing for certain people. Um, yeah. Laughter yoga is an example of this that I use a lot. Now I've got a friend who does laughter yoga. He, he's mm-hmm. a teacher of it, and it's just like cool, great. I, I'm, I'm all for it. If you enjoy doing that, crack on. As a corporate intervention, if you like, yeah. How many people are going to continue with that after doing it? I mean, yeah. I, for me. If I worked for a company, for a large company, and there's hundreds of employees or thousands of employees and my particular yeah. department got someone in to do laughter yoga, number one, I would hate it because yeah. it's just not my cup of tea. Even though no. I understand that some people love it. I'm not I'm not kind of projecting my own uh, kind of personal preferences onto other people, but I don't like it and I wouldn't enjoy it. It's not accessible for everyone.
1: I can't stand it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people... <laughs> I
1: find it really uncomfortable. It's so cringey. And I also... And I also question its its long-term benefits because if it's something that you don't have any follow-up with, and this yeah. is, again, where you say it's gimmicky, there's no follow-up to it. Sometimes what you're doing is cracking some really carefully constructed walls.
0: Yep. Yeah, 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 true.
1: And, and you, for me, laughter yoga has the possibility to crack a facade that somebody has created for very specific reasons to yeah. protect themselves, whether that's about their persona at work, um... You know, there's a million and one reasons why that just might not be comfortable or safe for people. And and I, I just think, you know, if, if you're going to pay someone to come in and offer a session, you've also got to be willing to fit the bill for somebody who needs to follow up with a professional. Yeah, yeah, for you sure. You can't just go, have a taster session. Oh, did we get you thinking about something that you didn't want to think about for the last 20 years and now you need some help? Oh, tough. You're going to have to go on the really long NHS waiting list of <laughs> your toddle. You know, it's like you've, you've got to be able to, you've got to be able to make it sustainable for people.
0: Yeah. And it's got to and be a cultural support, thing as well.
1: Yeah. You've got to support their access to it. And, you know, apparently Scotland have decided that they're going to do the four day working week as a trial. Yeah, they're trialing now, that. I saw that today. that's yeah. because then you actually give people a whole 24 hours potentially that they didn't previously have in which they suddenly have some space to relax, to think about themselves, maybe get, you know, get some stuff done without it being a constant fast pace. Next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing. Um, You don't have to cram in all your socializing, all your housework, all your catch up at the weekend or on your one day off in some people's cases. So, you know, that, for me, is a brilliant way forward for anybody, <laughs> but in reality, it might just be that, you know, giving people wherever possible some flexi- for some flexibility around their hours, is someone going to do- give you more work if you let them start at 9.30, because that means they can physically make the school run easier, yeah. or because it means that their journey to work is more affordable. You know, if you're talking pre-rush hour train compared to post-rush hour train, that can be a significant chunk of money on a daily basis. Would that make a big difference? Because actually would they, you know, and again, if they could start later, does that mean that they could walk in or cycle in? Yeah. Which means that they can save money and they can get some physical movement into their day. There's all kinds of ways that actually, if employers are being truly authentic in their desire to improve their employees lives they can make small tweaks which will not impact productivity which will not impact customer service which will not in any way take away from the quality of the products or the services that they provide and which will massively improve the lives of the people working for them
0: well arguably it will improve the service like let's be honest
1: absolutely if you're not stressed the minute you walk through the door you're much more likely to serve with a positive smile or have a cheery sounding voice on the phone or to actually sit down and get on with your work do you know what i mean yeah absolutely so essentially huge dividends
0: the message there is for any anyone in an organization who is tasked with looking after the well-being of their people stop looking for those things which you can kind of get in as one-offs for you know mental health awareness day or you know well be doing a well-being week once every 12 months and stuff like that and start looking at ways that you can alter the culture and the the, the sheer structure of the Absolutely. way you work in order to improve the well-being whether that's in terms of pay time off um flexible hours all of that kind of stuff um there's an interesting one so obviously before we before we started recording we were chatting about some other bits and pieces yeah. um and you were talking about about your the youth work that you do yeah and about this kind of reluctance to participate in things which you yeah. start seeing you know even in the in in these kind of teenagers that you're working with yeah. um and it's something that i see in kind of corporate land um people don't yeah. want to uh, people yeah. don't want to uh, participate. I mean, I know this is ironic because I've just said if someone did laughter yoga, I wouldn't want to participate, but <laughs> the, um,
1: the, you know, I mean, that's also forgetting the I thing. said that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, we both said that. And apologies to your friend who, who offers that. You know, I do know people, I do have friends who love it. I just don't. It makes me deeply uncomfortable, but that's, yeah. that's my stuff. Um, yeah, that I think the issue for me is that, um, we the, there's a fine line isn't there between somebody not wanting to do something because they don't enjoy it in which case back off and leave them alone if they've said no they mean it right yep, yep. most of the time yep um and somebody saying i would but right and it's that i would if only yeah okay so um so the reason we were talking about the youth work is because it's with lgbt plus youth and um and a lot of them by the time we see them at the earliest they start with us at group 13 and by the time we see them a lot of them are not doing any kind of PE or sport during the school day they've opted out um, and they um, are either doing that with agreement from home and school or they're just simply not going Um, and and they and they are reluctant and it's not because they don't enjoy the sport or the activity it's because they don't enjoy everything around it and again it's really important that we look at the culture around fitness and around sport um, because it can be really off-putting to people and and you picked out possibly the two most gendered um, options in your example because they're the ones that we all think of which is bodybuilding which we generally think of as a very masculine yeah uh, pastime and, and way of keeping fit, and aerobics, which again, we typically have visions of people like Jane Fonda. Yep. You know, it's very feminine, and it's for women. And it's, you know, so we have that immediate split in our heads. And it doesn't help when, you know, kids are at school, and girls are allowed to play netball and hockey. Um, and boys are allowed to play cricket and football. Yeah. You know, that's kind of where it starts. Yeah. You have to choose. Well, actually, you can't choose, can you? You can't choose. You do what you're told you do.
0: No, you can choose. You can choose, but from the within these parameters that we've yes. defined for you.
1: Yes. So if So, depending on what dangles between your legs, which we'll all want to know, which is gross, by the way, if you really think about it, because that is how we make choices for children. Um, And that's not a very nice way to make decisions on anybody's behalf. Those are your options. You can do football, rugby or cricket. And you can do rounders and hockey and netball. That's it. Off you go. You know, I remember the girls at my school fighting to be allowed to play basketball. Yeah. And I think in the time I I was there for seven years, because I went all the way through from what would now be year seven – all the way to year 13. And I can remember them complaining every year that they weren't allowed to play basketball. Yeah. And I left in the mid-90s and they were still fighting to be allowed to play basketball and it hadn't yet happened. Yeah. But do you know what they had done?
0: What had they done? Just to
1: make make things a little bit more equal, they'd started allowing mixed hockey. So instead (laughs) of just the girls playing hockey, now the boys could play too. But the girls could still only play netball, not basketball.
0: So they'd 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 loosen things up in one direction, but not in the other.
1: Yeah, and you know, and not like very much. Was, <laughs> like that was, some, and like that was some kind of progress. Yeah, it's like you're not listening. Yeah. The boys thought it was great. They loved running around a field with a stick and being able to hit each other at lunchtime. You know, oh, I loved playing um, hockey at
0: school, but for yeah, that exact but reason. See,
1: but for me. I'm relatively petite, and I was very petite when I was 16. Yeah. So at the point where they allowed them to start playing, like the lads to start yeah. playing, I, I'm still. I don't think I think I was probably at the height I am now. So I'm five five. So I'm not a particularly tall woman. I'm by no means tiny, but I had a friend who just scraped five foot one and still does. Yeah. So she was very tiny. And we both loved hockey. We were both on the team. We played for five years really happily. The lads started playing and half the lads were six foot plus. Yeah. And I was really, really skinny as a teenager. Like super skinny. And these lads were huge. Yeah great. So what happened? I stopped playing hockey. My friends stopped playing hockey. You have to think about what it is you're doing and whether it actually makes things more equal. Yeah. So this isn't about just going, we should all just be allowed to do everything we want all the time in any circumstances. The way we set it up is really important. But what we don't want is somebody being told that their gender is the thing that stops them from being allowed to join in right yeah. Yeah. but we also don't want to put people in a situation where they feel so deeply uncomfortable that it's or unsafe that they can't get involved
0: it is a balancing act isn't it in a lot of ways it
1: is it is and, and you know there, there is a reason that perhaps we don't have mixed football teams professionally and mixed hockey teams professionally, and and some of that is is about physical size and weight and things, but not always, right? Because you can't generalise that based on your gender either. No, it's very complicated. It is, but- and it's come
0: up a lot this year with the Olympics, hasn't it? And with oh, the yeah, kind yeah. of with um, transgender athletes and stuff like that. Now, this is yeah. the thing, and this is, I mean, I, <laughs> I got asked my opinion on this. Yeah, and I have no idea why I got asked my opinion on this because I haven't got a fucking clue. Literally, <laughs> yeah. I am, I am like, I've got, I've got a few things which make certain things inaccessible yeah. in terms of my physical and mental health. Yeah, um, so. There there is that, but other than that, I've got the full house. You know, I'm white, Uh, I'm straight, I'm male, I'm cisgender. I'm, uh, you know, why are you asking me my opinion on something? I I, already. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I know. I've got the I've got the privilege cards stacked out, um,
1: stacked up. Yeah, and even
0: even to the point where I feel I feel guilty about like I'm having to kind of come to terms at the moment with it it technically being disabled, and and i feel guilty about that because i feel like i shouldn't be allowed to say that because i'm not as yeah. disabled as other people and you know i'm not in a wheelchair yeah. and i look at other people who who a lot of things a lot more yeah. things are inaccessible to than they are to me yeah. and and so i feel i feel like i feel like a fraud um yeah. however with the rest of the stuff especially on the gender side of things why yeah. ask like and, and and the thing which astonished me was the re- when i responded with i don't have an opinion yeah they were like, well, that's a bit out of order, isn't it? And I'm like, I, I literally, <laughs> inf- I don't have an yeah. opinion because I don't know. I don't understand yeah. the ins and outs of this stuff. Yeah. And that's why I like talking to people like you because I can yeah. get a bit of education.
1: It's it's super complicated, right? And especially when it comes to sports, this is, this is a, a really favourite one to stir the pot because uh, like, she's a woman, let her compete. Yeah. Okay? The thing that if, – if we take the fact that some of these people are trans out of the equation, they are – what they've decided is that if it's a women's sport event, um, that they're going to base that on testosterone levels. Yeah. Right? What it's actually done, by and large, this year is exclude – Cis black women. Yep,
0: with naturally high testosterone levels.
1: With naturally high testosterone levels, okay. And they've basically been told that unless they medicate themselves to reduce their testosterone levels, they can't compete, okay. So we've got two things going on. We've got people attacking trans people wanting to take part, which removes the potential for really positive, healthy trans role models in a visible position. Uh, And then we've also got, again, black people and the wider people of color community being punished for something that is beyond their control. Yeah. But basically, rich white men are deciding, sat somewhere, having a chat about whether or not it's fair, okay? But then you get people like Michael Phelps, who doesn't naturally produce as much lactic acid as any other swimmer, right? So his, his natural production of lactic acid, for whatever reason, is, is really low. He also has proportionately short legs, big feet, long arms, big hands. Yeah,
0: paddle hands.
1: Okay, and, and so those things all give him essentially like a genetically engineered body to be a really good, strong, fast swimmer.
0: Yeah, and it's—I okay. mean, this is this is something but, we all accept, right? But what they're not doing,
1: <laughs> but what they're not doing is going. Well, we we better give him some lactic acid then before he gets in the pool. Yeah, level the playing field a bit. Level the playing field a bit because it's not on because he doesn't produce enough. So, so it's why is like so? Okay, are we going to start testing all the swimmers for lactic acid production and go if you don't produce a certain level? Then you can't compete because you've got a, you've got a natural advantage over your competitors. Like where does it end? Yeah. I'll tell you where it ends. It ends when it comes down to women. So it's a gender issue. I'm not. I. It's really complex. It's it is. really complex. And I'm yet to see anybody complain about a trans man wanting to compete.
0: Yeah. I haven't seen that happen
1: because, and, and, and it's, it sucks because it's, it's aimed at the trans community, but it kind of boils down to this age old idea that women are weaker and men are stronger. And, and that's quite an unpleasant, again, that's quite an unpleasant thing to be putting into that arena if you think about it. Because it's perpetuating a binary, it's perpetuating a sexist attitude, it's perpetuating misogyny. And it also has a really nasty attitude towards trans people, which is that, bottom line, you you don't believe that they are who they say they are.
0: Mm.
1: And that's not okay.
0: Yeah. You're telling
1: a woman she can't compete because she's not the right kind of woman
0: yeah it's a it's a i think that you know this conversation's coming more and more into kind of the fore of society you know people talk about yeah. this a lot more now than they ever have before um i think there's a there's a fairly significant road ahead um you know from my very much an outside perspective it seems yeah. it seems that way to me um but i think that i think that there's definitely there seems to be progress being made. It just seems to be obviously stirring up a lot of other stuff on the, on yeah. the kind of, uh, as it goes along, um, which is which is obviously going to make it very difficult for the people who are fighting for these kind of rights. Yeah, um, yeah sorry, go on.
1: I, I was just going to say, I, th- I think it is coming more to the fore and I think actually this year's Olympics, as odd as they've been because of the circumstances that we've been in, there've been positives and there have been negatives. So the positives are that we've had more lgbtq plus athletes openly yep. out yeah. whilst competing than ever before yeah and that's grand um we had an issue with uh this I, i'm really bad with names by the way i'm terrible with names um but we had a, a skateboarder who was non-binary and the bbc presenters consistently misgendered them throughout their coverage um which is not great. Okay. Yeah. So, um, they didn't use they them pronouns. They they kept um they kept using female pronouns. So great, somebody's put themselves out there, they're visible. That's really positive. And immediately all the people holding their breath a little bit going, oh, finally somebody like me then hears that person being misgendered consistently. And 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 has that same reaction that every time it happens to them. Oh, it's happening to them now as well. Yeah. Um. I think they've done a better job with the Paralympics because again we've just had an non-binary athlete um, win a gold medal, and I believe that they have successfully referred to them as they them. Yeah. So that's a you know it's it's a good step in the right direction, but it sh- it shouldn't have needed to be corrected. Um. That said. We sometimes a need to allow people to adjust. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, mistakes are a natural part of that process, are Mistakes are a natural
1: they? part of things, and you know, and and if we make mistakes ourselves, uh, some of the advice, suggestions that are given at group by young people and by youth workers who who work with. Um, particularly with non-binary young people, is that you don't make, or all trans young people, that you don't make a big deal of it if you make a mistake and, and somebody corrects you or that person that you're speaking to corrects you because you misgendered them, that you don't make a big deal of saying sorry it's much, much better to say something like, thank you for reminding me, yeah. move on, yeah. and then make a really concerted effort not to fuck it up next time.
0: It's the thing um, that intention is one of the biggest <coughs> things, isn't it? It's like, if you've genuinely got the intention to learn, genuinely yeah. as well, not just lip service, yeah. Yeah. Um, if you've genuinely got the intention to learn and educate yourself yeah. about things that aren't a part of your yeah. world, then yeah. usually, if you do make mistakes, they're received in a different way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a limit, isn't there, to everybody's patience? And and bottom line is, don't keep doing it. But if you say, "Thank you for reminding me," or "Thank you for being patient with me," and yeah, um, you know, thank you is better than sorry. Yeah. most of the time. Okay. Um, I think it's, I th- I think it's really tough. I think it's great that we're getting increased visibility. But we have this constant thing where we get increased visibility and then there's backlash. And that makes it really difficult. And, like I said, by the time they're 13 and they've joined us at group, they're already not involved. Not because they didn't enjoy the sport that they were good at or the sport that they just did because they loved it and it gave them a chance to hang out with their friends, but because so many obstacles have been put in the way, you know again if 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 you're talking to people who are trying to improve opportunities it's it's really simple stuff like if you've got a you know if you've got a sign up sheet or a sign up form on online for someone to fill in don't just have male and female you know have male female non-binary other And give people a space to to define themselves. Don't just put down, you know, I've seen forms in the past that will say something like, you know, um, if you ticked female, skip to question number 17. Because all of a sudden they don't want you to answer questions about stuff like contraception and pregnancy and birth. And it's like, okay, what if you've got a trans guy coming to you and he needs to fill that form in and... Because he's ticked male, all of a sudden, none of the questions are there about like menstrual health and, yeah. um, and childbearing. And, and it's like, you know, we can talk about pregnancy and, and menstrual health and like cervical health with those people if it's relevant to them. But we need to give them space to tell us that it is and not assume that it, it isn't relevant. And it's simple stuff like that, giving the option to tick Miss, Mr., Mrs. and Mix. So that people can tell you that they don't want to be called miss when they walk through the door. You know, how do you greet people when they walk into it? Let's say you have got, you know, like a scheme at work running and you've arranged some fantastic sessions. All kind of taster sessions for people that you're going to keep going for free because you know that people can't do it on their own. And they, And they walk in and the first thing the instructor says is, morning ladies. <laughs> and just assumes that everyone in the room... Is a cis woman happy to be called a lady? I mean, I can't bear being called a lady anyway. It's like I'm not a fucking lady. I'm a mouth <laughs> a sailor. That was
0: put so well, <laughs>
1: or wasn't it? Just so you know, but also don't assume. Or you know, ladies and gentlemen, right? Great. And I tend to try
0: any- and use, and again, I might be completely wrong with this as well. I have no idea. Um, and again, I've, I've also, I've, I've kind of become a bit more comfortable with knowing that I'm never going to be on site I'm not never going to have everyone on side anyway. Like, oh, I, yeah. which, yeah. which is kind of, that's been um, in, kind of freeing for me in terms of this journey yeah. of self education. But um, I try and just say folks, because that's just yeah, like, it's, it's do, that's right? just people. It's just yeah. everyone who's there regardless. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. I try folks and be as inclusive really well. as
1: I can. Yeah. It, it helps. You know, I, I go quite often with like lovely people or yep. human or, beautiful humans Um, folks is always good Um, sometimes I call them my motley crew yeah depending on what they're up to at that point if they're being a bit raucous and I need to get them under control you know but what I don't do is and and this one was a steep learning curve for me when I first started working at group and it wasn't just me um, other people at group were still doing it other staff and we would quite often go come on guys we need your attention yeah Guys is not a gender-neutral term. Right. It just isn't, okay? And for people who want to argue that, you're wrong, all right? (laughs) Trust me. I'm doing education and inclusion. My dissertation is about the language of inclusion for LGBTQ people. Guys is not inclusive, okay? It is a gendered term. It means a group of men. It immediately excludes women in the room, which is problematic, and it immediately excludes anybody who might be gender-fluid, non-binary, otherwise non-gender conforming so stop it because guys is not it's like dudes yeah dudes is also not neutral okay so just stop plus it kind of makes you sound like you want to be hip and down with the kids
0: what if you do want to be hip and down with the kids i really want to be hip and down with the
1: kids kids, uh it's not going to happen mate you're too old
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right i asked for that one um in terms of in terms of that um kind of reluctance to participate that we were talking about in terms yeah. of the kind of the, the 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 youth groups and stuff like that that's mm. something which um like we said it kind of extends on into adulthood and it's the kind yeah. of basis all of our childhood experiences and the, the 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 experiences that we have through our formative years through yeah. our teens they become um, really part of our they they become the, the, the filter through which we see the world, yeah. right? Yeah. And so when you've got an organization um, and you've got people who you're trying to reach and you're trying to help because yes. I genuinely think, and this is my experience, I'm, you know, there's always going to be outliers in this, there's always going to be exceptions but in my experience, most people I've spoken to who are in positions of authority or positions of leadership with groups of people, they genuinely do care about those people. They genuinely yeah. do want to do right by them yeah. and and they want to help them and they want to support them. Now, they yeah. don't always have the right approach and they don't always have the right tools mm-hmm. or the right understanding, especially these yeah. days because things have changed so much and they're changing so quickly um but they do care and so if you had a if you were heading up an organization for example and you wanted to find a way to include people who had always been excluded and to include people who felt like the kind of well-being and fitness wasn't accessible to them because the i mean obviously we've talked about um you know people being represented in in things like the olympics and stuff and that's obviously goes away to making people feel like oh this is accessible to me but the fitness industry is mostly very white and um gendered and uh middle class um Mm -hmm. and all of these things so there is there is a, a still a huge amount of um more representation which is needed but if you've yeah. got that organization and you want to support those people despite the fact that society is lagging behind a little bit and you yeah. want to step out in front and you want to lead by example and show yeah. other organizations that it's possible what would you say would be a good starting point as that leader what would, what would you say would be a good kind of a, a good piece of advice that you could give them
1: i think it is asking people what they need okay and listening to what they say. <laughs> now, it is also really important, particularly if you are talking about a, a sizable organization yeah. where there's a lot of people that you need to take care of. Don't, you do want to hear what those people have to say, but you also don't want to be singling them out. Yeah. Right? Yep. So my suggestion would be, that if you are a big organization in a position to start really putting some stuff in place to benefit your employees, then do some consultation work. Okay. And pay people for their time. Yep. So you could do an open call and find out if any of your employees are willing to put some extra time in to talk to you about what they need. But pay them some overtime. Yeah. To, to give you that time, okay? Because it's unbelievable the number of times that queer people, trans people, black people, disabled people get asked for their input, but get nothing for it, okay? And in a big organization, that's unforgivable. Yeah, they've got,
0: big organizations have got the budget to do
1: that. Yeah, you know, apologies to your laughter yoga teacher friend, but if you've got the budget for laughter yoga, you've got the budget for some overtime for one of your employees. Oh, absolutely. Otherwise it's exploitation. Understanding what they need, absolutely. If it's a bigger, more kind of, if it's a bigger structural change or it's a bigger corporation, then go and look for somebody who's relevant to that group of people because there are loads of consultants out there on diversity and inclusion, okay? And I am skeptical that you can cover everything, okay? I'm pretty good with LGBTQ stuff, Yeah. all right? Because that's my main area of work and interest at the moment. I've done some stuff around race, but I'm not an expert on it and yeah. I haven't got lived experience of that. Yeah. So I'm not the best person to speak on behalf of people of color, okay? Um, I'm aware that not everybody likes the term people of color, for example, they feel like it homogenizes them and, and erases their individual culture yeah. and race background. So. You know, we have to listen to the language that people tell us they want them to use. So get the people who are relevant. If you've got a large number of disabled employees, get somebody in who knows their stuff around disability law and disability inclusion to look at how accessible your buildings are and how comfortable they are to work in if you're a wheelchair user or if you've got chronic arthritis or You know, whatever's going on for those people, but pay the people who really know that stuff. And don't just assume that lovely Sarah from HR has got it all covered because she did a two day course on diversity and inclusion because she might be the best hearted woman in the world, but she's probably not going to know it all.
0: No, absolutely. I think that's great advice. And I think that I think that. I know, again even if we have to go down this route of return on financial investment if we yeah. have to go down that route because hey we're we're playing within yeah. a certain system here yeah yeah the return on investment of paying your staff for yeah. that extra input is yeah. going to be an astounding return yeah it is going Absolutely. to be phenomenal because we're, we're moving more and more into an era where people are not looking at the, um, at the pay and benefits when they're looking for a job. There was an article recently, and more and more young people who are entering the job market, well-being is one of the top priorities yeah. on the list. And they're looking at what you're offering. And yeah. and diversity and inclusion is up there yeah. too. People are looking for this. You are in the spotlight yeah. more than you've ever been. And yeah. so if you have to boil it down to numbers, which yeah. like we said, is a bit uncomfortable yeah. to be put quite frank, But if you do have to do that, or if you have to do that to get finance to sign off on this stuff, then then do it. If you have to do it that way, then do it that way, because the ends are still worth it.
1: People will work harder and longer for you if they feel seen and valued.
0: Yes, it comes down to value, doesn't it? Value, just value these people. Um, Let's finish on... A, a kind of the same question but for an individual so like yeah. if there's someone listening to this as an individual whether they're in a position of leadership or not now I believe that if you're in a position of leadership you should be modeling kind of behaviors if you want people to be looking after their health and well-being and stuff like that then you should be too otherwise they're just like you're just it's just hot air again um, but no matter who you are or perhaps if you're someone let's say specifically someone who's felt ostracized from the well-being community the fitness community yeah. for any reason doesn't matter what the reason is, but if you feel like fitness has not been accessible to you um, throughout your life and you feel like you do want to kind of make some positive changes and to feel better and to improve your quality of life as a result, where would you say that someone like that should start? I know, again, it's going to vary from person to person, of course. (laughs) I mean,
1: let's assume that somebody can, okay, because, yeah, we can't make provision for every single human because it's just not doable in this time frame a little bit like we said earlier is there any way that you can even if it's five minutes a day can you move yeah so that or might two be minutes a day it just looks like <laughs> if you can only squeeze two in a day to begin with yeah like you know but let's say let's go okay two to five minutes i'm going to walk around the block or yeah. i'm going to walk up the road and back yeah and if you if you know I know, sometimes people can't get outdoors. Yep. Is there space indoors? Even if it literally means walking up and down a flight of stairs three yep. times. To be quite honest, if you've never done, you've not done anything for a really long time. Can you walk up and down the stairs one extra time a day, yeah. just for the sake of doing it, just to feel your body move and get your heart pumping?
0: Yeah. Or if you're in a it's, chair, for example, doing some kind of yeah, chair-based stretches, for example, absolutely. Even just doing that, which to some, are some people, there some really
1: good chair-based yoga moves online. Yeah, and again, my, I've name, seen some my memory of that. for names is atrocious, but check out chair yoga online. There's some really good stuff on there, and it and it might be you know that you grab a couple of tins of food and you do yeah. some arm movement with some some extra weight in your hands it's enough three on a monday maybe do four on tuesday see yeah. how you go yeah it's it's always enough anything is a good enough start
0: i think that that is i think that is the key in fact i'm going to write that down i'm going to write down anything is a good enough start lucy because yeah. i like that and i think and that
1: uh, if you do it one day and you forget the next day don't berate yourself for no. that just go I'll, I'll do it again tomorrow morning
0: yeah absolutely. or if you're
1: lying in bed have a stretch in bed and go there you go done an extra move for my day do a starfish if you can or you know stretch your arms above your head and stretch your feet out there you go one stretch extra today go back to the other movement tomorrow morning be fine
0: it's that thing again of like the the anything is good enough it go it flies in the face of this kind of fitness industry all or nothing type thing but it really makes it so much more accessible for people Um, personal
1: motto is it's not perfect but it's better
0: exactly there we go that's enough, isn't it? Um, yeah. Lucy, it's been absolutely fantastic having you on. I'm going to have to... Uh, I'm going to have, We could go on for hours. We really could, <laughs> I, couldn't we? All day. <laughs> <laughs> it's been amazing catching up with you and I really appreciate um, the time Likewise. that you've spent kind of educating me, educating the people who are listening and um, thank you so, so much. Uh, is there... If anyone wants to kind of... Um, see or see more about the work that you're doing or like are there any kind of resources or are you anywhere online is there anywhere that people can find you or not
1: i i am on linkedin now i've got a new profile on linkedin as lucy ashton it's very new so there's no information on it but there should be a picture of me um and i'm on instagram as intersectional femme okay i'm always happy to be contacted there
0: fab well what i'll do is i'll put the links to those in the description in the show notes as well so those should be clickable links if anyone's listening and wants to find lucy you can find her in those links um if you're listening on apple podcast i don't think it likes my links so they might not be clickable but you'll be able to search for her using what i've put in the notes um lucy once again thank you so much for joining me today it's been really really educational and insightful uh, and i hope you have an absolutely fantastic evening
1: thanks very much jay likewise
0: thank you for listening to fit to lead with me jay unwin if you're not already connected with me on linkedin come and find me using the link in the podcast description and say hello if you want me to help you improve the fitness and well-being of your team and of yourself let's set up a call until next time stay fit stay well and keep leading from the front